Welcome to This Much Love, a recurring positivity podcast with Katie Harth and Keenan Schneider. Episode 13, <laughs> Nature's Lit. So I have an interesting question for you. Uh-oh. That I <laughs> Right out the gate. <laughs> that I just <laughs> This is not necessarily related to <laughs> to the normal format of the show. Yeah, okay, okay. We're just breaking all sorts of like labels and and strategies with this show right now. <laughs> labels and strategies. Labels and strategies. We're just refining our processes. <laughs> but it it dawned on me that the file, this file name right now is episode 12. I've like, I've saved this as episode 12. Okay. I'm, I'm saying like this may, may or may not be episode 12, just depending on how editing goes for previous episodes. Like this might. Yeah, we've got surprises. This, this might be a different number episode. So I'm going to refrain from saying like, welcome to episode 12 when it might not be. Okay. But the file name as it's saved right now specifies that it is episode 12 and it dawned on I'm me i'm wondering that, where the question is going do you have a particular affinity to certain numbers no no because i definitely do and 12 <laughs> is one of them so really really this wasn't a question <laughs> for me this was really an opportunity for you to share that you love the number 12 no well so it was more uh it was more reflecting on the fact that like i recognized that i had an affinity for the number 12 mm-hmm. and that there are a few numbers that i like really like or like like i like even numbers more than odd numbers okay just inherently enjoy them more with a few exceptions. But there are a couple numbers that I like, I really latch onto in my mind mm-hmm. and I don't consider them lucky numbers. Like I, mm-hmm. like as a kid, I probably would have called them lucky numbers, but like, I don't believe in luck, like as sort of this mystery, like this, this sort of force, like force mm-hmm. that drives things. Um, like I can understand how th- certain things can feel lucky. Um, mm-hmm. Or that like just circumstances can kind of work in your favor sometimes. But I don't think there's like, you know, some. That it, luck plays into success totally. sometimes or failure. Right, right, right. Yeah. Like sometimes you are just in the wrong place in the wrong time or the right place at the right time. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's my extent and the belief in luck. Um, and so I don't consider them lucky numbers, but they are numbers that I would kind of like. You hold them in your heart in a weird way? Yes. Mm. So like the numbers 12, the number, I don't want to do too many because then I worry that people- You're just like sharing too much about uh, yourself? No, I was going to say like I worry about people stealing my identity then. Um, What? Because I might incorporate these numbers in various like passwords or things like that. Oh my God. I see like this is never something that I would have even thought of like as a passive listener like- Oh, these are just your favorite numbers. I wouldn't be like, how can I use this maliciously? But now I'm thinking about that, that you've highlighted it for me. Yeah, exactly. You have, oh like, my God. You have to think 12 steps ahead of criminals. Fuck, I said 12 again. Um, but you have to <laughs> you have to constantly be thinking about how people can screw you over. You can't um, hear it, dear listener, but I am shaking my head. So. <laughs> S-M-H. <laughs> uh, but either way. G-F- what? GFC. Jesus fucking Christ. No. JFC? JFC. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this doesn't feel right. 
<laughs> but it's the right sound. J. J. FC. God fucking Christ. God fucking Christ. I think <laughs> GFC is probably a good uh, candidate for a title. Oh, gosh. Um, but, oh, no. So, I am an embarrassment once so, again. Like, my question, the, re- the reason why the question came up was like, mm-hmm. I thought about the numbers and then I realized like how many numbers I was just kind of like, oh, yeah, these are important to me for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And I wondered if that was something that is human or just you. <clears throat> Yeah, is that I'm a uh, bad judge. Uh, do not do not think that it is not human because it does not. I, I do not prescribe that's fair. to that. I just wanted system. to make to see if this was a shared affliction or if it was something that. <sighs> yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> I think I remember as a kid, like, <laughs> in my own, like, in an act of rebellion, almost, like being like, yeah, I like the number thirteen because it's unlucky and it deserves love. Um, that's kind of why I like the number 13 so much. Mm-hmm. I love the number 13. Yeah. I think that that's a very common thing. Yeah. And people like people love three and people love seven. Um, I, like, the, honestly, the number that I probably had that I held to myself, and this is really depressing, was the number 27 because I was convinced as a child, teen and, and young adult that I would die at the age of 27, that I would not make it. And join the club. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's super. And depressing. like to this day, sometimes I go like, holy crap, I made it. <laughs> I'm past that age. Um, yeah, I would say that that's like the only number that I've ever felt. Any attachment to you for whatever reason, but it was it was not because I was fond of it. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. Um, the only times that I felt like attachment to numbers were when they were like age related. Yeah. You know, like knowing that I that I moved at the age of eight and at the age of 12 mm-hmm. and that like I uh, and 13 was being a teenager and 16 was driving and 18 was voting in college and 21 was drinking and 25 was being able to rent a car and 26 was not yeah. being on my parents insurance anymore like you know like and 27 was like <laughs> 27 was I'm not I'm not dead and <laughs> you know 31 will be my golden birthday I mean like yeah. there's like like that's it and that's yeah. because like we live in an ageist society or like and like because as a child like those are big milestones for like independence and adulthood and whatever yeah um but yeah, no, no, like numbers abstractly existing in my day to day. Am I, am I like, oh, that number? I love you. Um, there's that that does not exist for me, and I can't really tell you why. Because I know pe- I know, I know several people who feel attached, attached yeah. to numbers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't feel so attached that I would play them as my lottery numbers mm-hmm. all the time. Because again, like I don't think there's any sort of like, I don't think that there's any sort of necessary like meaning attached Mm -hmm. to them or like Mm -hmm. any sort of supernatural forces guiding their existence um so like i it's funny like i'm attached to them but i wouldn't trust them for my lotto picks (laughs) sure sure you wouldn't trust them to do anything for you you just like them i would trust (laughs) i would trust having those as my lottery picks less than just letting it randomly select some picks on the a lotto ticket i hear you very weird I don't know. The human brain is uh, very This has bizarre. been a thrilling topic. I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. That was such shade, and I really didn't mean for it to be. Oh, no. Wow. I was just thinking. I mean, it was just a, it's a very interesting start. 
It is. Well, I have another question that feels oh a little gosh, bit more. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, really, I am. I really didn't mean to like offend you or upset you. And I totally hear how it sounded. Oh like gosh. as soon as I said it, I You're felt bad. Also, like, what? I, I, it doesn't affect me that much. Like we're just having fun here. Yeah, it's okay. all good. All right. Um, but my my actual real question, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. one that I came here to ask you specifically not the one that just dawned on me that was really more of an opportunity for you to talk about your affiliation with certain numbers no it was like (laughs) i it was my opportunity to question whether or not i was a fucking weirdo or if this just happens to everybody it happens to most people okay I i think it happens to a significant number of people so my actual question yes uh is how much do you love nature i i would venture to say that i love nature mm-hmm. i don't know if i've ever really like questioned why mm-hmm. um but like for as long as i've been alive i've liked to go outside mm-hmm. um and i think growing up as a small child in northern california gave Provided me with the opportunity to go outside a lot, all the time, no matter the month or time of year. Um, And like there were always parks with like that were relatively close or like, you know, um, my family would take bike rides together and we always had pretty much always had dogs. And so we would go on walks and, and all that good stuff. And the sport of dog shows is outside quite a bit. And I've been fortunate to be kind of with people who like to go outside, who like to be outside, who like to climb things, um, (laughs) like mountains um, and trees. Just things. (laughs) Yeah, I like to climb things. And that was often, like, as a kid, a source of entertainment for me mm-hmm. was getting on a bike and, like, biking up and down my block or biking to a field and playing at a playground and going on a hike and walking my neighbor's dogs with her and going, like, you know, and when I um, was very young, we would go to, like, a park district pool and like that's where birthday parties were um, or we'd drive to like a bigger park with like more hills and soccer fields or um, when I was a little bit older we had a pool in our own backyard that also had like a slew of plants that the previous owners had left behind like a fig tree and an apple tree and like all of this stuff and so there was just like this splendor of outside it was just a space especially before I moved to the Midwest, that wo- that warmly welcomed you yeah. all the time, pretty much. Um, and so it's very interesting. Like I would much rather be, when I was a kid, I would much rather be outside than, like I certainly liked my TV, but being outside was a good option. Yeah. And then I moved to the Midwest and I think I got pretty depressed and also the winter hates you. Um, and like, you know, really forces you to be inside a lot. Um, and so I started spending, I started having more like scheduled time of like, and then I have a voice lesson and then I'm part of this jazz choir and then I have rehearsal and then I do my homework. Like there was a little bit more inside time structured. Um, but like I still was able to be with people who wanted to go outside. Road trips would bring me to places where being outside was more interesting 
which was awesome. Because I have to say that like California was like California and Northern California specifically for me was like, hey, guess what's cool? Outside. Outside is cool. <laughs> because because like you had places where it was like it wasn't like it's not all rocky and hilly, but like and so you can like run on flat flat land. Like it's not like it doesn't exist. But like, I mean, I remember riding my bike and like the neighborhood was like on a hill. And so you would like bike up this hill and you'd really have to exert yourself. And then like you could turn around and just coast down and like gain speed without trying. And it was just like you could build yourself like your own tiny like roller coaster experience. Right. Um, And we would hike up these mountains and the views are just beautiful and the air is different. And then we would go to Monterey and we would see like the sea lions and the aquarium or we'd go to um, like Half Moon Bay and watch people uh, toss fishes from like the fishermen who'd brought in their catch and like, you know, and it was just like this really awesome experience of like outside being really fucking cool. (laughs) Um, And I didn't appreciate it until much later yeah it was something that i enjoyed but i didn't understand how wonderful it was to have that much variety available very easily yeah um and so and like even when i was a kid we would come out to minnesota quite a bit because my mother's family is in minnesota and um one of my well, two of my my mom's siblings are are pretty outdoorsy people. My uncle is definitely like a hunter and a fisherman. Um, I was not particularly and am not close with him. Um, but uh, one of her sisters like has always had horses, always for as long as I've known her. And so like we would be able to ride horses and like help at the ranch and like, you know, um, I would see like mice and deer and there was like a a crick that's what they called it a crick as opposed to a creek in their backyard and like um and like all that stuff and so i think it was just like this i've always been able to like find people to share nature with and that work in nature the work of it feels as somebody who was not particularly physically active it feels more worth it and more engaging um and more beautiful because it so delights like all of your senses. Yeah. It's really immersive. Uh, I also love that sometimes nature, like now as an adult who lives in the future, <laughs> that like sometimes nature is like, I don't give a fuck if you want your cell phone. It's useless out here. Yep. <laughs> yeah. We're taking it away from you. <laughs> yeah. That like, yeah, there's no service. Like you're not going to get anything out of this device anymore. Yep. Um, and there's something so rewarding about it. Um, about the effort that you go through to endure it or to move through it. Man, I just went on a very long talk about nature. I, uh, not that this is, uh, necessarily substantive in any particular way. So I'm sorry in advance, but I like that this is the second episode in a row where, uh, the, uh, the town of Monterey has been brought up <laughs> randomly. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I used to live near there. it. Yeah. Well, yeah, but uh, like I, I have I actually have a very fond memory of Monterey. Yeah. Like the last time I was in Monterey, I went into this frozen yogurt shop, and the guy at the counter one was really excited uh, to hear that I was from Chicago, mm-hmm. and he said I had a really nice beard. 
You do have a really nice beard. So I don't know. It was just uh, I have good memories from Monterey. Nice. <laughs> Mostly the the frozen yogurt shop dude. Yeah, for sure. But I just I just thought it was funny that we both have now specifically called out Monterey as a destination. Yeah, so everybody I mean, go to Monterey. It's really lovely. They have a really great aquarium. They do. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to call it the shed. That's not true. No. That's here in Chicago. Also yeah. a great aquarium. Yes. Um, also a city that you should go to because it's great. Just don't do it in the winter time. It sucks. Yeah. I mean, you you won't want to. No. <laughs> oh, hey, Hiccup. What's going on? Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, that was your soul trying to leave your body thinking <laughs> about the cold it, that we have outside in Chicago right now. Yeah. It's, it's, like, not, it's no. not fun. I don't like being in it, but I can endure it. And yeah. I know that there's a warm inside available to me pretty quickly, no matter where I want to be. Typically. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm very rarely stuck outside in the cold. So for that, I'm very grateful. There's a lot to love about Chicago, despite the fact that every winter and a lot of the summer, uh, the season itself, like nature itself, seems to like want you to die. Oh. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Um, yeah, so I think I think that. Oh, and I like I totally forgot about this, but like we would also when I was a small child, we'd go, we like would drive up. I want to say it was north, but like I had no sense of direction at that time, and I didn't need to because I wasn't driving. Um, we'd drive to like this barn. Where like it was like basically like a petting zoo, like you could feed the sheep and the mm. cows, and there was like uh there was like a pony ride and like a little tiny like choo choo train that you could ride and all this stuff, and it was like out in the middle of nature. Yeah. And my family, when we were young, we would go strawberry picking in the summer, Ooh. um, and eat fresh strawberries, and yeah. that was just pure magic. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very interesting. Like I recently just joined a choir in Chicago, um, and there are 70 of us. And as like a way to introduce each other, like introduce ourselves to the group, the director said, tell us your name, tell us if you've been with the choir or not before. Um, and tell it, tell me because it's the middle of winter right now in Chicago, what is your favorite summertime treat? And that is immediately where my mind jumps. Strawberries. Mm -hmm. Is fresh, is picking fresh strawberries and eating them. Huh. Um, that's so funny. I, did not know that about you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I know that you like strawberries. It just never jumped out as like, oh, that's. That's like, it's like one of my favorite. It's one of my favorite things. Um, and like I would get to see the redwoods. And so I have to say that my affinity and my desire to be with nature is very clearly rooted in like where I spent a good chunk of my childhood because it, it there was so much available to me there. That's so interesting. I'm like. It's something that I recognize that I've I've always liked being outside, mm-hmm. despite the fact that growing up and even in, like now. So my my personality is very much like, OK, like go into your little hobbit hole and mm-hmm. play your video games and your movies and stuff like that. But there's always been that aspect of like exploring outside. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't ever it. I mean, I think there were definitely times where my mom would be like, OK, time to put on video games, go play outside sort of thing. Right. Um, but I don't think it was ever that sort of like. sort of stereotypical mom sort of like you got to go play outside like like playing turn off the electronics yeah definitely it it almost just like i think more often than not like i chose to do these things but i don't think despite the fact that even as a kid like one of my favorite activities would be like you know we we i grew up in this um this town house community Mm -hmm. uh and there was a little bike path off 
you know, uh, like, I don't know, a five minute walk from my house that was kind of wooded. So it was like, oh, there was almost like this border that had like a little like barrier of trees mm-hmm. and then bike path and then more trees and then another like subdivision. Mm-hmm. And and so it's not like it was a fucking forest preserve or anything like right. that. But there was still the element of like going into the trees and like between the subdivision and the bike path, there was like this little area you could explore that I always really loved going into and like finding these little like sort of natural cubbies or these mm-hmm. natural little clearings where it's like, this is my fort now. Right. And that was always one of my favorite things as a kid to like find these areas that I could go secret away into, mm-hmm. whether it was like in uh, in these little clearings in, in like a forest preserve or something like that or up in a tree or something like mm-hmm. where I could feel like a little safe area. Yeah. It's also like for me, like I definitely resonate with that experience. It was also something that like felt like kind of like magical to me. Yes. Like it was something where it's like my imagination could kind of run wild. And I was like, and now I'm in like this magnificent little story yeah and there's there's um secrecy and opportunity to discover and to be connected to something extra yeah it's yeah exactly like there's i've crawled into the wardrobe and now i've emerged in I'm, narnia i'm in narnia <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. like, yeah exactly exactly and so but it's so funny that like that that is my childhood but i don't think i romanticize i or started to romanticize being out in mm-hmm. nature until. I went on this canoe trip mm-hmm. in the Boundary Waters in yeah. Minnesota, uh, and that I think is where like my obvious love for nature comes from, um, where I like constantly strive to like have that feeling, and I and I feel it a lot whenever I get a chance to like go out and explore and be a part of it. Mm-hmm. So it's not like I'm always like constantly looking for it and never able to like find it again. Yeah, um, but like recognizing that that is a part of me that is important like getting out of the city mm-hmm. getting into getting out into uh fresh air into nature where there are trees no cell phones like that type of thing mm-hmm. is something that i like crave interesting despite the fact that i like so often want my cell phone want video games mm-hmm. want to watch tv like that's such a a clear part of who i am but i have these significant divisions interesting though that you make that clear connection way back like oh, yeah. that childhood experience kind of follows throughout rather than and me it, feeling like that's a, a portion of it and then there's a significant event that like ties right. me to it. And so it's very yeah so it's and it's also interesting to me because like I don't think I've ever found as consistent a connection with nature as I had when I was a kid. And that yeah. is because I moved to the Midwest. Right. And because like I live in a city. Yep. Like that's just, I think if I lived somewhere else, it would likely be a little bit different and I'd have to establish new habits because a lot of my habits now are very urban. Yeah. Um, well, and we also, uh, not only do we live in a giant city, but it's also because it's a city in the Midwest, mm-hmm. there's nowhere we can go for that. Like right. we mentioned last episode or an episode or two before, like depending on where this falls in the chronology, mm-hmm. uh, you know, something like Starved Rock is right. a drive. Whereas right. if we lived in like Seattle or San Francisco or something, like right. you drive 15 minutes and suddenly trees like. Right. And and like and and like I do want to say that we do happen to live right next to a river walk. Totally. Yeah. Like and an extensive park system. And like you go underneath major roads and like all that stuff. Like you right. never get out of the city completely, but you have like this little smidgen of nature. Right. Well, it's like we, and we 
like that's we latch on to that as like, mm-hmm. oh, this is our, this our is little so piece of nice. nature. Yeah. yeah when definitely. really like we're still deeply embedded into the urban lifestyle at that point. Yeah. You never you never move away from being able to be at least auditorily aware of cars. Exactly. <laughs> um and the, yeah, I mean it's just like and thinking about this, like it just brings me back. So like when I was so I grew up in um outside of San Francisco. Um, and when I was eight, I moved to a town called Walnut Creek, which so many it's it's very odd. So many people know it like people are like, oh, Walnut Creek. And I've also lived in Naperville and I've also lived in Appleton, Wisconsin. And people are all like, oh, I've been there. And I'm like, how? Yeah. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? Why? Why would you do this? Um, but anyway, Walnut Creek. Was like in the Mount Diablo Valley area. So the biggest the, the local mountain is called Mount Diablo. Mm. And there was literally a bike path that started at a park two blocks away from where I lived. I don't know if it started there, but it that's where it started for me. <laughs> and I could take that bike path and bike on a bike path mm-hmm. all the way to the mountain, um, which was insane now that I think about it. It's insane. Like, that is such a gift. Um, and like I could walk to my middle school. I think I referenced that in a previous episode as well. And like one and like there was this magical thing where it's like you would go through the park and take like the other path, like in the opposite direction of the mountain. And like all of a sudden we were like in between backyards, mm-hmm. fenced areas. And like there were huge like evergreen trees that never really lost their leaves that created like this tunnel with this fence. Yeah. And I would get to walk that every day. And quails lived there, and I'd get to see quails like running around. I'm serious, like I know it sounds ridiculous, no, right? Like love, it was. <laughs> I just love this sort of like this random factoid of like, and quails lived yeah, there. Yeah, but I I have not seen quails. Yeah, since I moved. Well, because, they're like, indigenous to Walnut Creek. That's the only place in the world they live. The state bird of California is a quail. Oh, but, is it? Yes. Well, there you go. Yes. I was right. Inadvertently. No. No. Yeah. They do they do live in that area, but they also live all over California. Um, and I'm sure in other states, too. I, they don't understand state well, lines. Well, yeah, but they originated in Walnut they, Creek and then have since Please don't spread, spread this lie. <laughs> this is on Wikipedia. I am sure of it. It's not. I doubt that it is. I don't know. I haven't checked myself. I think we'll see very shortly. Okay, I'll put it in the show notes. Um, so, <laughs> point being, like... It was like this thing that I had this opportunity to explore um, and be a part of in a really significant way that has also, I think, shaped like my adulthood in an interesting way. I did not attach to video games. Um, I didn't really attach to TV mm-hmm. that much. Music. Didn't really attach to music that much. It's like I definitely had like scheduled activities and like just my the thing that I would do when I had the time as a kid was be outside. Hmm. Walk the dog with my neighbors or walk my own dog, be on my razor scooter on my bike. I learned to ride a bike at a really old at a relatively old age too. I didn't fig- I didn't learn how to ride a bike until I was 10, which oh, wow. was very odd. Um and like I did not want to physically exert myself, so I really didn't do any physical activities when my mother forced me into soccer, but that was definitely outside and I had a decent time with that. Um, but like I would ride my bike or swim like every day, like every day. Wow. 
Yeah. And so like those summertime activities of like going up to the zoo and riding the horses and picking the strawberries and hiking the mountain and, you know, um, all that good stuff. And then like, mm, I don't know. I think it's just like, it's very interesting. Like I really haven't mm-hmm. thought about it, but there is like this deep seated love for outside. And I like absolutely hate mosquitoes. And like that, when I was in the Midwest really deterred me. Yeah. Um, that's something that I really love about like New Mexico and stuff is that they don't really bother you out there. Right. Um, and in Northern California, they're not so bad either. From my recollection, I may be misremembering, but I don't remember them being bad. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, I think, I think that there's something to be said. Like, I think I probably am looking for that in a way that I haven't really identified before you started, before you asked me this question, honestly. Yeah. But like when I'm at home, I have like a tolerance for TV. Yeah. That like I want to do it and sometimes I can get really engaged and really hooked, but it's not the thing that I like always want to do. And yeah. I usually don't do it by myself. I don't either. You know, and then games. Well, yeah, that's the thing I do by myself. Yes, definitely. <laughs> and like, it's definitely a new thing for me and I have an appreciation for it, but it's yeah. not like my, ooh, can't wait. Right. Um, yeah. And I think we've been talking about this with me personally. It's like, I'm trying to find my like, ooh, I can't wait to go yes. home and I can't wait to get out of work and yep. um, I can't wait to keep doing this thing. And And I think maybe that's because like when I was a kid, that spontaneity of... I'll just go outside and figure it out yeah. was like available to me in such in spades. Hmm. Um, yeah. And I think I would love to, I, I definitely have acclimated to like urban stuff, you know, like the convenience. And we've talked about this in previous episodes too, that like I can walk to the grocery store in 10 minutes mm-hmm. and I'm not going to get that somewhere that has like, nature in rental and like in good supply unless i go to somewhere like san francisco sure sure yeah where Mm -hmm. yeah where you're living in a city where it's like okay i have the convenience of the city and also 10 to 15 minutes away berkeley driving on the cliffs yeah exactly yeah i don't want to divert attention from the topic at hand too much but there's just something that i need to call out uh, that's kind of blowing my fucking mind right now yeah the fact that you just off the top of your head knew that the state bird of california was a quail uh, I grew up there. I know, but my point is, is that the like the state bird I, of Illinois is a cardinal. Did not know that. Uh, like I would have said a robin, and I've lived here my entire <laughs> life. Like, it's a cardinal. <laughs> uh, but now that you're saying that, it's like coming back. It's like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But like, I don't just remember these random, you know, factoids or trivia about mm. the state that I grew up in. So I just love that out of the, you know, off the top of your, what's the state flower of California? A poppy. Well, fuck. Like I don't know what you know uh, what Illinois is. I can't remember. It might be a tulip. I don't think it is. Yeah. Well, either way, it just like blew my mind that you're just kind of like, oh, the state bird of like, just yeah. like, it's, the state it's, bird. Not, it's not information. And the state flower is that, a poppy. That my brain I is always poppies. just, what about the state, what other state things that, what's the state motto of California? I don't know if there's a state motto. There's like the the California, the, the Republic of California or the California Republic. I can't remember what else is on the flag besides a grizzly bear and a star. Well, the motto, I think like the motto of Illinois is, is the, the land, land of, of Lincoln. Lincoln? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, the Golden State. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, if we're yeah, talking about things that are on like the... license plates. <laughs> now we're getting into we're getting into territory now where I'm just like, okay, are we like conflating two completely different things? 
and we're just sounding like uninformed doofuses. I don't know if it's the I don't know if it's the motto. But I don't know if I don't know what you would call that. I want to Google. Okay. <laughs> California state motto. Eureka. Really? Well, I really? Mean, yeah, for gold, I guess. Yeah. Refers to the discovery Eureka, of gold. Eureka, I have found it. Mm, that does sound familiar to me. But... Wait, but really? Like that's what? Yeah, California. Eureka, also the Golden State, also which Golden is on its State. on its license plate. Yes, and so Illinois what? would probably be the land of Lincoln. What? That's so weird. Yeah, land of Lincoln. Weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, uh, Iowa is being a little ambitious. Life changing or fields of opportunity. Come on, Iowa. Come Iowa on. has more pigs than people. <laughs> they sure do. Great opportunity for pigs. Kansas, as big as you think, <laughs> or formerly simply wonderful. Okay, we have to get away from this page. No more Google. <laughs> that's, so that's if the, I have a challenge Wiki- for you. That's the Wikipedia entry for the state mottos or slogans. I was going to say. show notes. Yeah, I will put it in your show notes, in the show notes, so you can find out where, wherever you live in these United States, yeah. should you live in these United States, what your state motto is. I'm kind of curious of our listeners who live in other parts of the world, like, say, the UK, we have a few, um, if, they're, if they have mottos, if this is a, a thing that is like... In, like, know, their township? What do you call that? Um, I think they call them hamlets. If we're talking about Britain. Okay. So there we go. Anyway, back to nature. Nature. I just, yeah, I think there's something really, uh, I can lose time in nature. And I think as I've become more like deadline and objective driven, there's still something really powerful about it to me where I'm like, I want to get here Mm -hmm. with just my body. Um, (laughs) or I want to be at this place and see the world from this perspective Um, my limited view of the world Um, my literal limited view not my like psychologically limited view (laughs) that too I guess Um, but uh, yeah I don't know I I love it I love um, being able to witness wild animals in their natural habitat is so cool to me. Yeah. Um, like when we went down to New Mexico, we were at the Rio Grande Gorge, which is just like it exists. It just exists. That's a thing. That's a thing that the earth made. Yep. By itself. This- and then we put a bridge over it so we could be like, whoa, that's big. Um, you know. <laughs> that was the <laughs> that was the impetus for building that bridge. Also to get from point A to point B, get over the gorge. <laughs> um, but also so you can like admire, like I can't imagine building something like that. Gosh. Um, so the bridge, not the gorge. Um, I also can't imagine building the gorge. Nature's lit. Um, but <laughs> that is actually really, <laughs> that is a really good subreddit on, on Reddit. Nature's lit. Yeah. Yeah. Our nature is lit is a, is a great I'll subreddit. I'll put it in the show notes. You should. That's why I brought it up. I'll do it. Um, and so I just like think that, uh, so when we're at the aforementioned Rio Gorge, no, Rio Grande, Rio Grande Gorge, <clears throat> uh, someone's spotted and pointed out to me some wild mountain goats. Yeah. Um, and it was incredible 
to see them, to see them like in their own natural habitat, scaling terrain that I cannot even imagine handling. Mm -hmm. And they were so at peace and happy. Uh, I think it's great to be able to look at animals coexisting in that kind of environment where like they have enough space that it's their own. But they're still visible. Remember that time we went hiking in Glacier thinking uh, because the sign led us to believe that there were mountain goats that lived there, but we didn't see any mountain goats as we hiked up the mountain. We just saw marmots. We did see marmots and it was the first time I'd ever seen a marmot. I Yeah. And they were just chilling. They were. And then they started talking. Yeah. It was they adorable. Were, they seemed cute. They are vicious, I think. But I don't know. We didn't get close enough to find out. But either way, they were cool there. Which is cool with me. I'm happy to give them their space saw and respect. Marmots. Yes. Marmot respect. Marmot respect. So, yeah, I also think that from like a design perspective, nature is fascinating that it has designed so many things that just surpass what we could possibly construct. Mm -hmm. Or envision. Mm -hmm. Like an egg. (laughs) Like (laughs) great structural integrity. Seriously. Who knew? (laughs) Who knew? Um, Just Jesus. And peregrine falcons. The way that they dive, I'm I'm just bringing up like and like th- whatever. I know. I just I just admire it. I think I admire what nature can create. <laughs> I agree. I'm thinking of nature as lit again because right now it seems like everybody on there is obsessed with mandarin ducks. Like they're very beautiful. I have not seen any yeah. of these. Oh, you should. Uh, I'll put mandarin ducks in the show notes. You should just look up a picture of a mandarin duck. I think you'd be really surprised. I think. That might be your new nature obsession. They are quite gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I realized really how involved nature was in my life. Like going back to Minnesota, we would go there in the winter and in the summer. Yeah. And so I had my fair share of experience with blizzards and like horses having their winter coats. And also going um, water skiing and being on a pontoon boat and going fishing and catching sunfish and seeing snap turtles and snap turtles, snapping turtles. Yep. So, yeah, I really do. I really do love nature. I wish that I had more of it in my life right now. Same. I think it's uh, the I think especially since that aforementioned canoe trip um, that I took. Like there's been something that I've like longed for and the more immersed that I am in city life, the more that my, that I like crave the opposite. And so it's like, it's almost like Mm -hmm. going out deliberately into nature is something that like fuels me in a way that like I don't get elsewhere and I can go without it for a long time Mm -hmm. but it makes me sad (laughs) like it's it's one of those things that like i even remember a few years back i think being so exhausted by city life that like i started writing stories and writing like personal essays in my free time that had to do with living in nature like to the point where i was like thinking like trying to plan out okay like how could i live out on this, you know, maybe a little cottage or a cabin in the middle of Montana on a bunch of acres and just live off the land, like just and be away from everyone, like really isolate myself and thinking like that that was the life goal. And it Mm. felt so weird being in my mid 20s, you know, growing up in the 21st century um, 
wanting to be kind of off the grid and getting off the grid yeah and that sort of like dichotomy of like wanting to be off the grid but also i love internet like that is like something that like (laughs) and infrastructure yeah so it's just a an interesting turn that that's taken and i don't think my longing for it is as drastic but i still like any opportunity we get like I man, I I know we've referenced it a couple times, but going on that road trip out to Glacier National Park and then up to Canada through the the um the Rocky Mountains there, one of the most invigorating and fulfilling experiences that I've ever had. Like it it felt it, it made me feel so at peace. And there were so many accomplishments that we had, like going there, like climbing literal mountains mm-hmm. um and being in a an area that i just like like being in an environment that i had never experienced before felt so fresh uh that like i can't i can't imagine life without some sort of like emphasis on going back into nature as much as possible for sure um i was just looking up um some uh, the hike that we did yeah in I guess it was in Banff, specifically, I think. Somewhere somewhere in the Canadian Rockies there. The really, the big hike that we did? Yeah, so we went up to Hamilton Lake, which was solely inspired because, like, it didn't feel like it was terribly popular, and I was also like, Alexander Hamilton, Lin-Manuel Miranda, yeah. musical nerd, um, and, like, very excited about it. I just took a look. We gained 2,800 feet, which is almost the equivalent of two Sears Towers, not right. including the tip. Right. But like up to the the like occupied top. Yeah, I thought that when we did uh, that, we did that. We had determined essentially the elevation. Mm-hmm. I was uh, just reminding myself. Oh yeah, yeah, that we essentially gained or we essentially climbed two, two Sears, Sears towers, towers, which yeah. is, is nuts. That's just, yeah, and like to me that that is something that like fuels that accomplishment drive that yes. I have now, where I'm like, holy crap, look what we can do, and I just think it's so fascinating. I also think I would be remiss not to recognize that my like love of nature and my desire to be in it so much was also fueled by the fact that I was a child and I did not have to think about logistics. Oh, sure. At all. And so like it's interesting because like as I'm talking about this, I'm like, gosh, like why don't why don't I live like in the middle of nowhere? And it's because I love the convenience. And so it's just like I really hope that at some point I can find a place in the world where I can have gainful employment and live in a city that provides me with some convenience where I can also just head out. Right. You know, and be outside more often, even during the day or after work, like be outside and be a little bit closer to nature. Um, I don't really know what that life looks like. It feels kind of not real. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do want to, and I think that we do this, that the vast majority of like the times that we take time off and have a trip, we do our best for it to be focused on nature, being outside, being in something topographically different. Yeah geographically different than what we experience on the day-to-day here in chicago yeah yeah i and i really i think that's uh, something that i immediately recognized in you Mm -hmm. that i truly appreciate like Mm -hmm. it's and it's felt like a really uh great thing to kind of like unlock in my life is sort of like recognizing that i have like a a friend and a partner who like wants to emphasize this that this is a priority um, it feels great to to share like just a, a lot of the things that we share 
Um, but this is something that was like, it's so important for so long, but it felt like for so long that it was just kind of like this thing that I was constantly longing for that I couldn't attain. Because mm-hmm. um, the uh, my previous situations just didn't enable it as mm-hmm. much. Right. Definitely. I mean, I think that some people have a hard time with outside or have a hard time moving away from family or, you know, I mean, like whatever the case may be. I do think that there's an opportunity to, even if it doesn't involve like gorges and mountains, right. for there to be good outside time close to us. And I think that we could, we could definitely infuse a little bit more nature into our routine. Yeah. Um, it might not happen every week and maybe months October through April are not the time to do it, but that leaves six other months of the year to really engage. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, this makes me really wish it wasn't February. I know. I brought this up at the wrong time. <laughs> well, but at the same time, I think, like, it's probably appropriate in mid-February to recognize that, like, mm-hmm. this is something to look forward to. Like, yeah. we have just a couple more months. summer. Yeah, just a couple more months to get through this terrible weather. Mm-hmm. And we'll, you know, be, like, uh, inspired. Global warming can't out. hold us down. Yeah. Yeah, I think, and that almost to me, like, as like a small person who can only impact so much or affect so much change um, on our world and even like in our own neighborhood, let alone our state and our country, um, the the fact that like this is a precious resource yeah. makes me want to mindfully, intentionally engage with it. As often as I can. And, and like, not to make it, like, a chore. I certainly don't want to do that, but to, like, right. plan it out and make room for it. Yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Outside is just, it. I feel like it resets me sometimes. Yep. Um, it's very interesting. It disconnects me from the world in, like, a awareness of other people sense. Yeah. <laughs> And therefore, like, an awareness of politics, an awareness of current events, an awareness of events yep at at all um and it connects me with the world in a more kind of like organic i am a creature in my home kind of sense as corny as that might sound um but i think it probably like it for me it's one of those things that really minimizes noise yeah it's one of those things that puts me in a perspective and really gives me the the really true comfort of feeling small yeah and feeling grateful. I completely agree. I think the 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 aspect of resetting mm-hmm. is such a big one. Definitely. For me, that's something that I, I truly appreciate about being in a, a, a much more natural environment. Mm-hmm. It feels like there's a, a chance to detach, whereas like living in the city for me is just like there's constant stimulus. Yeah. We should get you in nature a little bit more, hon. That would be great. Maybe we could go ice skating on lakes. Okay. And stuff. I suck at ice skating. I haven't gone ice skating in so long. The last time I went ice skating, I accidentally jammed the tip of my skate into the ice and I fell down and I hurt my knee. That sucks. It wasn't fun. I'm glad it wasn't another person. I really thought that that's where that was going for a second. Also, I've never been ice skating on a lake and I think that would scare me. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you have any final thoughts on? <laughs> I just wanted to sit in that silence for a second. Sorry. <laughs> Do you have any final thoughts on uh, nature? No matter where you are, 
if you can get out of brightly lit places at night. Oh, my God. Do it. Ugh. Like, that is one thing where it's like, I don't know. Yeah, I I just, I would just say that, like, I know that, like, anxiety and agoraphobia is so real for a lot of people. But just, I hope that, my sincere hope for the world is that everybody can have comfort in that space. Yeah. Um, Literal. Yeah. And like comfort in, in open environments. Yeah. Um, and when I say open, I, I don't mean congested and like you can be in an open environment when you're outside in the city, but yeah. like I truly being like away from a lot of heavily constructed things. Yeah. Buildings and roads and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think I would like to uh, use this year, this 2019, to um, more often embrace the smallness of me. Yeah. By being outside a little bit more. I think that sounds like a really great goal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think there's something very mindful about being outside for me, too. Yeah. It puts me very much in a present mindset, mm-hmm. which is very comforting. So, I don't know. I think... Um, my hope for people who might be listening to this is that like you can find that mindful present smallness and that it is comforting for you. Yeah. Mhm. Covered a lot of ground. Yeah, I know this hour flew by for me. Yeah. Truly. Same. Truly. Yeah. Thank you so much for asking me about this. Yeah. Thanks. I wasn't expecting to have so much to say, to be really honest with you. You know, honestly, and not that I didn't think that this was a good question, but I didn't expect it either. Like yeah. I I had a feeling that this would be like a a pretty like like relatively straightforward mm-hmm. thing, but there's a lot of exploration here, which I really, which actually I think kind of captures the mentality of like being outside. Outside, ah! like there's a lot How meta. to just kind of like walk out and explore. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Accidental meta podcast. No. <laughs> Special thanks to Jackson Davis, whose song, Same As You Wanted, is our intro and outro music. Check out his EP, 701, anywhere you listen to music. You can get in touch with us through our website, thismuchlove.com, and via Twitter, at thismuchlove. Our DMs are open. Tell us about something you love. There are a number of ways that this can go.